Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Preteen Ministry. My name is Sam Bean, and I am excited that you are joining me today. Uh, you are on a full episode, which means you're going to get more content, more ideas, and I hope that you enjoy it. Um, we've been kind of back and forth in what we're talking about, um, but today I wanted to jump back into our Inspiring Leadership uh, series that we kind of intersected with a few other uh, bits and pieces um, and, and we're looking at inspiring leadership, and we, we kicked it off with a, a few weeks ago, an inspiring leadership in our preteens. Um, that's one of my goals this year is to inspire more um, leadership as statistics show, and if you're any subscriber to any of the orange ideas, is that when we push our kids to volunteer, to lead uh, and, and to be uh, leaders uh, with the people around them, it greatly, greatly increases their um, their depth, their discipleship, and, and how much they grow and take on their own faith. And so um, we talked about that, and if you haven't heard it, please go back and listen to it, um, and, I, and I hope it is a good resource for you. And then the second thing is we want to look at inspiring leadership in our leaders, which seems interesting our leaders are already leaders but i want to i want to take it a little bit further um the reality is um we want to push our leaders to grow just like we want to push our kids and so i can have some leaders in there and pushing them means that every single week they are in service connecting with kids and you know helping them you know discover gospel truths but for some there is more that they need for some people, they need to dive more into uh, what leading and taking charge. And ultimately, all of our leaders should be at a capacity where they can take some of the burden of ministry off your shoulders. Uh, the reality is, uh, as the kids pastor or the preteen pastor or whatever your role is, we are the head of the ministry. But that does not mean that we are the full uh, and only source of the ministry that is happening. And so today I wanted to ask a, a few questions. Um, and so if you are in a place that you can, uh, take note of these questions and, and look through and try and figure out uh, what of these questions, uh, where do you do great and where do you struggle? Uh, ultimately, the goal of uh, creating leadership in our leaders is that, you know, we have people who if we drop dead um, and, and, you know, some crazy thing happens, they are there to pick it up, that we have leaders in positions to pick up all of the slack. But not only that, we have leaders to uh, take up responsibilities in the ministry that we once had and are able to run with it um, and potentially even do better than us. So we want to encourage um, not just volunteering, but we want to encourage leadership and uh, I, I think a good word for it is ownership in our Ministry, and so I've got eight points here. Uh, there are eight questions, I guess, uh, on, on how we can look at inspiring leadership uh, and ask ourselves where we need to grow, uh, and and you know congratulate ourselves on places we're doing great. So the number one thing is obviously, are you recruiting? If you want good leaders, you have to recruit good leaders. Um, and so it's not just are you recruiting, but are you recruiting well uh, It is really our first question um, because we can get ourselves in situations a lot of times where we are um, maybe dwindling on volunteers, uh, the summer season is coming up and we know a lot will be out, uh, or whatever happens, and we just start pulling in bodies. And, you know, that's maybe something that we have to do. Uh, but if we don't have people that are in there because they love, um, you know, kids and watching their faith develop, then we've got 
a problem because we've got bodies, but we don't have bodies that are ready to take on leadership and ownership. We've got bodies maybe serving because they want to, uh, but not serving in the place that they should. And so at the end of the day, uh, we need to make sure that we are recruiting well, that we're recruiting volunteers who are um, one, on fire for the Lord, and two, on fire for uh, kids' ministry, and who are ready to dive in uh, and take ownership of that. Even if they are not great leaders, even if they're not confident in their abilities, as long as they are uh, you know, confident in their Savior uh, and confident that they enjoy kids' ministry, uh, you can start there. So if we want good leaders, we have to recruit good leaders. So start there. Are you struggling with that leadership? Look at your recruitment first. Are you recruiting at all? This is this is one of Sam's big weak points. I don't recruit well. I just, um, and it, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where you don't recruit well. And so, uh, you know, on a Sunday or a Wednesday when you're having services and would be a great time connect, to connect, you're having to fill in those those areas that are missing and and so instead of connecting with new families and new parents and new potential volunteers uh you're leading uh, a large group game or you're connecting with other uh, kids uh, which are all great things but we need that balance and so maybe for you it's hey asking some of your staff or some volunteers hey for the next month i'm gonna need you to you know jump in uh, and take some of these roles so that i can bring in more people uh, and maybe it's recruiting outside think about the other sources of of ministry that are happening and how you can connect and plug into those to help recruit. So number one, uh, if we want to encourage leadership in our leaders, we got to recruit first and recruit well. So make sure that you are recruiting people who are on fire for the Lord and for kids ministry. Uh, the next question is, are you training. Uh, and this is a broad spectrum, uh, but I think there needs to be three different kinds of training that happen within your ministry um, on a regular basis uh, to ensure that you are giving everybody the resources they need. Uh, one is weekly uh, training, and this comes in a few different uh, categories as well. Uh, but one, are you training in experience? Are you giving people the actual experience to learn? And are you helping them through that? So not only are you um, putting them in a group to help lead, but are you following up after, uh, pointing out areas you could see that could grow um, and helping them grow in that, right? Are you training them through the activity and then giving them the resources to grow through it? And then also, are you giving them regular resources to grow from? Are they getting podcasts from you? Are they getting uh, books to read? Are they getting content that they can, if they want, continue to grow as leaders? Uh, the second, uh, I think, is training as a group. Are you training uh, regularly, not like every week or probably not even every month, but quarterly or semi-annually? Are you coming together as a team, um, as a pre-teen ministry team, and really diving into the specifics of your ministry? Are you uh, jumping into how to deal with the specific pre-teen needs that they are facing that, you know, maybe your uh, kindergartners are not facing and your high schoolers aren't facing and how you can deal Deal with that. Uh, and then lastly, are you giving them a, a yearly uh, training with everybody? Are you bringing in all the volunteers, refreshing the ideas, encouraging them, and pushing them towards that? So think through your training. Are they getting weekly content to grow from? Uh, are they getting regular content as a preteen ministry to grow from? And are they getting the yearly encouragement and growth and knowledge as a whole community to grow from? Uh, number three, 
Um, and and this one, this is where we start getting into some of the minute or, or subtle things that really make a difference in uh, creating leaders that want to own your ministry. Uh, and that is, uh, are you placing leaders where they should be? Um, and this kind of goes back to recruiting and what I talked about, just recruiting warm bodies, is that did you have uh, such a need that you grabbed people, put them where you needed them, and didn't have a second thought about whether or not that works for them? Now, here's the reality is, is in my preteen ministry, I've got a ton of different volunteers who are uh, wonderful, spectacular people. And if I switched their roles, they would be awful, no good very bad volunteers, not because they want to be, but because that's not where they thrive. It's not where they excel. And so think about your volunteers. Think about the people who have uh, the giftings in certain areas, and are they able to express that? And so for uh, for example, I've got a fifth grade teacher. Um, you know what he likes to do a lot? He likes to teach, right? He likes to do the story. So I'm not going to take the fifth grade teacher uh, and make him lead worship, because that's not what he wants to do. Um, he, he has his natural gifts, and so he's going to take those and use them uh, for that. And so think about your leaders, uh, and even think about the, uh, the people who are most inclined to lead from a large group perspective, and think about where you can uh, plug them in. Uh, because when you can find somewhere that um, you know activates a person's passions, uh, that gets into uh, their groove as a person, that is when you start getting these leaders that are not only volunteers, but they are excited to do ministry because not only are they volunteering and helping and serving, but they're volunteering and helping and serving in the things they are passionate about. And so find those people who are passionate about music and don't just give them a role to lead music. Give them a role to make that music ministry theirs, right? Give them a role to uh, bring in new songs and lead new worship and, and think about those things. Um, put them where they should be and give them the ability to grow in that. And I think I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself there, but place your leaders where they need to be. And if you don't need to know where they need to be, uh, then are you... Uh, spending enough time with your volunteers is my question. If you don't know where a volunteer needs to be, are you spending time getting to know them? Are you meeting them one-on-one? -on -one? Are you doing activities with them and engaging with them? Because if you don't know where they may be, that may be a sign that uh, you are not uh, spending enough time getting to know them. So think about that. Uh, and then moving on to number four, are you pushing your leaders outside of their comfort zone? Now, this one's a little bit tricky um, because we never want to push somebody into something they're not prepared for or something they don't really want to do um, in a sense, right? Uh, but we do want to push them to lead bigger and better. Um, and so uh, are you helping your volunteers take the gradual step from small little bits of ownership to uh, taking on big things and big ideas. Uh, the reality is a lot of our volunteers may be hesitant, may be scared. Um, I've heard the sentiment of like, oh, you're the pastor, you get paid to do this, you're probably better at it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I am awful at this. Uh, and so are we pushing our leaders to go outside of their comfort zone? Uh, maybe you've got a leader who has a really great communication talent, but they're not confident on that. Are we giving them opportunities to go outside their comfort zone and take it? Uh, and so, uh, for example, what I'm talking about is the subtlety in this is not, hey, you're really good at communicating and you just don't see it. Let me just put you on stage in front of everybody. But maybe it's, hey, can you lead this two-minute little talk before the message? 
to, hey, let's sit down and talk about what it would look like if you did communicate. And then, hey, I've got this for you. And eventually pushing them slowly instead of just shoving them in the deep end and hoping they can swim. So think about that. Are you pushing your leaders outside of their comfort zone um, not to put them in a place that you need or not to uh, get what you need out of them, but to help them grow as leaders? Number five, are you helping and allowing your leaders to lead and then fail and then grow out of that? Um, I, I think I live by the principle that if somebody can do something like 60 or 70% as good as I can, they can have it. Um, and, and so uh, something I try and do, and I'm you know a little bit of a uh, control freak when it comes to that, and that's one of my downsides in ministry is that I want everything to be perfect, but... Um, are we allowing our leaders to take hold of something that they're passionate about, like I was talking about earlier, um, and run with it, um, and then helping them grow if things fail? And so going back to the the worship pastor example I was going for, are we willing to give that um, you know service or that ministry area over to somebody who um, may not have the experience we have or the understanding we have? Um, and are we willing to walk beside them, um, even if they're doing it half as good as us, letting them um, do that so that eventually they go from being half as good to uh, 75% as good to 90% as good to 100% to 110, 120, right? Are we giving them the opportunity to use their natural giftings to um, uh, lead, uh, fail, and then grow out of that, right? When I give somebody a new position, I'm not expecting them to be perfect, um, so... Uh, when they do fail, it's not a, a matter of, oh, well, you didn't do this right, but it's a, how can we grow together? Um, and importantly, though, is that when you are giving these uh, growth and leadership opportunities to your leaders, um, you have to follow up after they fail. You cannot let them continue to do something poorly, do something wrong without any sort of feedback. And, and you know, if, if, you're, if they think they're fine, then they're going to continue to do something that may not be fine. So be sure you have the ability to give them feedback and help them grow. Uh, number seven is, are you encouraging, supporting, and growing your leaders? Um, I think one of the most important things, uh, and really this kind of goes in the cycle of like, hey, I've recruited you, and now I'm training you. Uh, I put you in the place you need to be, uh, and now I want to push you to greatness. Uh, and now that I've pushed you to greatness, uh, we're going to grow, and we're going to fail, and we're going to grow out of that. And now that you're doing this, how can I support you, and how can I encourage you? So think about how you can encourage your volunteers. I've got one volunteer who um, is about to get a, a postcard and a thank you gift card um, just because she led well, I had some volunteers, some new volunteers come in, and she immediately, without having to be asked or told, um, uh, the moment uh, she saw them and was able to, she went right up to them. She introduced herself. She explained the whole ministry. She connected with these new potential volunteers, and she set them up for success for the whole day without having to even be asked. Um, and so when I'm talking about ownership in your ministry, that is what that ownership looks like, is that you've got a volunteer who sees the needs and fills it out without ever having to be asked. And so I'm going to I'm going to encourage and support her by saying, hey, I saw what you did. Thank you so much. Um, here is my recognition and acknowledgement of that. Thank you. 
And so think about ways that you can do that. Um, if you're handing over a part of your ministry to somebody, how can you encourage them and grow them? If you've got a new volunteer just jumping in, how can you encourage and grow them? Uh, think about that in your ministry because what gets celebrated gets repeated. And if we want to have a ministry where leaders are owning the ministry and diving in with the kids and really excited, then we want to celebrate when they do that. And so celebrate it, um, support them, encourage them, um, and help them see that what they are doing really matters. And last but not least, number eight, and the, probably the most important of all of them is, are your leaders drawing closer to Christ? If we want leaders that are leading, if we want leaders that are um, willing to uh, spend extra time, spend extra effort, spend extra energy, spend extra money uh, in all of those areas uh, in our ministry, then we want leaders that are really getting to know the Lord. We want leaders that are uh, really getting to um, experience the gospel truths that Jesus bring. Uh, because we can have really great leaders who are really good at what they do and have no uh, relationship with Jesus Christ, and we miss the whole point. So are your leaders drawing closer to Christ? Are you checking in on their faith walk? Are you um, making sure that uh, if they're volunteering, that they're also attending service and growing in that way and pushing them to community and pushing them to live out that daily Christian practice? Uh, because the reality is not only can we recruit leaders that are, um, you know, do not have a great faith, we can also um, create a bubble for our leaders where they think that, you know, just because they're serving, that they're doing good and healthy and it can create a lot of issues. And so ultimately, I think what we want to see is that our leaders are drawing closer to Christ. And I think part of drawing closer to Christ is serving, but that is not it alone. And so make sure that you are pushing your leaders closer to Christ. So those are our eight questions, and if you want to write them down, now is probably a good time. Um, and reflect on where you can grow uh, in helping your leaders take ownership. So number one, are you recruiting, and are you recruiting good people? Number two, are you training regularly, um, not just as a team, but as a community? Uh, number three, are you putting your leaders where they need to be so that they can thrive? Number four, are you pushing your leaders outside of their comfort zone so that they can ultimately, number five, lead, fail, and grow? Uh, number six, are you encouraging and supporting uh, and growing and nurturing your leaders to own what they have and be celebrated when they do that? Um, and then number seven, are you are your leaders drawing closer to Christ? Um, so that is what I've got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I will see you guys Monday for our nugget. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.